0: Presents monthly Monday Movie Muckabout because the podcasting world needs another movie review show. I am Rick, also known as Not Jeff, from Jeff and Rick Presents, and I am a movie lover. I have a very extensive collection of movies, a huge collection, but that wasn't good enough for me. No, so I broke into the Long Box Crusade headquarters and checked out their awesome attic with movies. And look, recording equipment. And look, a way that I can talk to people. This is great. Another way I can do a podcast on somebody else's feed. (laughs) Anyways, you all know this. You've listened to about 25 of these episodes. Now's the point where I bring in somebody and talk to them about their past with movies and who they are. And then I throw a movie at them because that's how the show works, right? So this week I am bringing in Chad Michael Simon, author of Yellowstone, The Bears of Caldera, and a huge Power Pack fan, and one of our fans from our other show. Chad, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Really good to see you, Rick. Nice to see you. This is a a great chance for you and I to talk. We never have. We've only talked over the internet, so this is the first time we get to see each other face-to-face, which is great. Love this modern technology we have. I can see the animation. I can see the posters. (laughs) I can see the. you're not just a poser. you're,
1: You're living it, breathing it.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This room is nothing but comic books. I've got action figures above me. I've got graphic novels over here. I've got technology in front of me. And it's wonderful life. A wonderful life. (laughs) Love it. You are an author. You've done... I I just know of the one book that you've done because you based a little bit of it on... PowerPack, you you kind of use some of the influence of PowerPack to write it. What other things have you done? Yeah, so
1: my my day job, I've been uh, an illustrator for a company called Root Inc. for 22 years. Born and raised in Toledo, graduated from the University of Toledo with a studio art degree, bachelor in fine arts there. And I've been an illustrator for Root for, for 22 years in that we were a change company. I draw large illustrations that help big organizations, you know, work through change from leadership level to management level down to the individual contributor or employees. So companies like Pepsi, Verizon, Dow, like Bank of America, we work across a lot of different industries. So that's that's really my day job. Meanwhile, always been a fan of comics, always been writing and drawing. So the idea for my, the novel that I self-published last year came in 1995, I was actually looking for an idea for a comic strip. And uh, out of that came these characters that I fell in love with, drew them as comic strips, drew them as, you know, started an idea as maybe a graphic novel uh, that, and the story just kept evolving until, okay, I'm just going to write the thing. And then uh, over the course of um, uh, several years, you know, wrote the, wrote the first draft, revised it, did the illustrations uh, end of 2018 into 19. And then, you know, and then published it last year on through Amazon. Yeah.
0: I have a copy of the book. I have not been able to read it yet. Big part is, is because as soon as it came in, my daughter grabbed it on my head and said, I want to read this. It's a thick book. It's a thick novel. And she burned through it. She read the entire thing. So now I've got to go and find it in her room and sit down and read it myself. She enjoyed it. I know that much. She said that she enjoyed it a lot. She put, wouldn't put it down while she was reading the last two thirds of it. So... I haven't really gone much farther into her book report on it yet, but maybe I'll get her to talk about it on my show one of these days. That gives me
1: goosebumps and is so exciting because I, you know, I think I told you online too. I love every part of the book, but then it's that last third that I just, yeah, you know, just really brings it home for me.
0: We're gonna bring something else home today. That is called a rough transition, but I'm gonna go with it. We are going to go <laughs> ahead and go back to actually the point of this show, which is to give you, my unsuspecting guest, a movie that I'd like you to watch. So, this time, I would like you to sit down and watch, from 2016, The Train to Busan, which is the Korean action horror film that is directed by Yeon Sang-hao, and it also stars Gong Yoo, Ma Dong-Seok, Kim Soo-An, and Young yu mi Now, I hope I got those names right, otherwise my Uh, Korean wife is going to come in and slap me around, but we will go with it for now. What do
1: you know about this film? This is, when you sent me the, the task of maybe coming up with a list of movies that I've heard about or been told to watch, I didn't have a lot because I watch a lot of movies too. So I had, it was, I was hard pressed. So I resorted to pulling up, like just a list of a hundred movies that you should watch before you die. Yep. And so cycling through, okay, I you know, Titanic, Forrest Gump, you know, all the, all the ones that everybody's seen. And then, you know, so I started just writing down the ones. So when I got to that one, I had heard the name. I didn't know the premise. I didn't know it was zombies on a train. And I'm reading about this movie thinking, what the heck is this thing? And I've got to watch this. So and that's, and my reaction is I'm really pleased you picked that one because I know the least about it out of the entire list. And uh, I'm really excited to see it.
0: Well, I think that kind of answer, answers a little bit of my second question of why you haven't seen it before. Be honest here. It is a South Korean movie. It is a mm-hmm. horror movie. So... For most general public world, that's going to be two big strikes against it. It's not. It's not. You know, somebody who's in America, that's probably not something they're going to go and watch. If it's a horror movie, majority of people aren't going to watch horror movies. But yeah, this one has come up a lot as being a great film, Mm -hmm. even though it's got you know it's foreign film and it's also a horror film about zombies. That about true? Just it hasn't fallen into your wheelhouse because of that reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I I do watch I do watch and enjoy a lot of foreign films and I like horror film movies. Part of me has been looking for the next best like horror movie. And, you know, I like, so I love Jordan Peele's movies. I, yeah. um, you know, anything that kind of like twist the genre a little bit, or just bring something new to the table. And it sounds like this one definitely might. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, great. I think this is going to be a fun time for both of us to talk about this movie, but before we can do that, we have to give you a chance to watch the movie. So I will go ahead and, let you go find the movie watch it and for all of you listening you're going to hear the trailer from 2016's train to Bazan. you all had a nice time sitting on that nice peaceful train as we went through the tunnel (laughs) all right for those of you that have not seen train to busan let's give you a quick synopsis of the film a recently divorced korean father more invested to his job than his family finally realizes that he is failing his young daughter in order to make it up to her he relents to her request to take a train up to busan where her mother lives As the train leaves the station, some strange things occur. A fight at the station and people diving towards the leaving train. A last-minute passenger who was injured starts to attack the other passengers. Now we have zombies on a moving train. Set against the horror of a spreading zombie nightmare, a cast of characters must overcome fear, prejudice, classism, and the unknown in order to survive. Zombies on a train. So I know I gave a very truncated synopsis film, but I mean we're talking action film, so... Uh, we're gonna get to all of the action and how it all works out. Chad Michael, what was your first impression of this film?
1: My first impression was guano crazy. (laughs) I don't know if this is a family-friendly broadcast, but we'll,
0: we'll keep it family-friendly. But I get what you mean. Yeah. I see what you're laying down. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was, and we can talk about, like you said, my expectations going into it. But whatever those were, it it surpassed them, and I, I left the film feeling like one, I want to see that again, uh, and two, it was yeah, it was it of its genre, um, it it um, definitely kind of surprised and blew me away.
0: We've got a couple things in there. I'm gonna ask you this: What did it meet your expectations then? And what do you know about? The genre. I mean, you kind of saying there's a genre, and I can. I think we can get into that. But yeah, I, I, are you used to this kind of a film, or used to you know a zombie film? There's the zombie genre has certain cliches that are in it. But are, are you used to that, and is that what you were kind of holding it up against your expectation wise?
1: Yeah, when I, when I went to, into it, I realized that I'm not a huge zombie movie aficionado at all okay. Like I remember I you know saw like the Romero films went when I was a kid I watched a few episodes of Walking Dead love The Last of Us even though they're not technically zombies in, mm-hmm. in that game but never saw Shaun of the Dead never saw World War Z no so there was a whole kind of chunk of modern zombie films that i kind of missed and i and i don't know why i don't know if i had just a preconception of those films as well Mm -hmm. so i went into this one thinking is it going to be campy is it going to be you know like some and i'm not i don't have a familiarity with with the filmmaker with the studio with the performers with the kind of the korean film sensibility which Mm -hmm. is Pretty vague in saying that'd be like saying American film sensibility, like it could mean anything,
0: yeah.
1: But I kind of had this picture of is it going to be like in some Japanese or live action where they they almost take it to the anime lengths of Mm. somebody gets a head ripped off and they're like, "Ah!" and the camera zooms in on them, (laughs) and And it's just gratuitous and gory. And so, I I wasn't, I kind of had a fear that it was going to be that kind of film, but the way it, the, uh, I was surprised at how it took itself a lot more seriously and how nuanced it was.
0: Yeah. I guess if we back up one step there, we have some classics, you know, the, the, the original zombie films that came out, it's the slow plotting zombies. And, you know, zombie films are about one thing. It's about attrition. Every zombie film you're going to watch. It's about attrition and survival. That is the theme of a zombie film because you're mindless beings that are just to have one thing on their mind and they have one purpose so you're just trying to survive you're just trying to outlast what's coming at you the the changes that have occurred over the years with zombies have been the slow plodding zombies to the more faster zombies to sometimes they'll try to do intelligent zombies but it just doesn't work that well it's more of the speed and and a couple of little changes they do to some of the zombie mythos the, the modern Zombie films have more of a, they're faster, they're a little quicker, they aren't as plodding, and they have some motor functions but not much. It's just trying to figure out what those little keys are. There's a couple of keys in this film that, that are very specific to the zombies that have been created in this world. One is that they cannot break doors. Two is that when it gets dark, they stop. They, they they can't mm-hmm. move in darkness unless they hear a sound.
1: They can't even open doors. They
0: can't even open doors. But yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. so it's it's it, they've got those two little keys in there. But that's part of it as well as what exactly are their weaknesses? How can we get around them? So yeah, if you haven't been exposed to what a modern zombie is and you see these, it can be a little unsettling to start with. I mean, even beyond the fact that there's zombies, I guess. But it sounds like going into that not having that experience that that helped amp it up as far as how much you enjoyed the film yeah the other thing i thought was interesting is what you're talking about the difference between an american film or a western film and a korean film Uh, korean film market is of course becoming a little bigger nowadays there have been a lot of recent high profile successes in a lot of korean films that have crossed over boundaries and crossed over borders especially with parasite being a best film last year Excellent film that we're going to get to, and, and there is a connection to Parasite in this film, actually. Mm. But, yeah, it's there is a little bit of a difference between what Western audiences see and what Korean audiences see. One of the big themes, and it's a big theme in this film, is classism. Let's go ahead and start. I mean, there's a lot to talk about with this film, but let's start there, because I think that that may be the other big theme besides Zombies, which helps make this film a little bit over the top, a little bit more than just a regular zombie film. What do you think about the classism element that was in in this film? I,
1: again, the, the, one of the film's strength is the is subtlety. In that, like when when I think about classism, it's easy to think of like Titanic, where there's yeah. there's a first class, there's a middle. They dress differently, they act differently. They're, they wear their perceptions of each other on their sleeves. Mm-hmm. It's a little more subtle. And, and I remember the same same thing in, in in Parasite that you know when you watch an American film, if you're an American, you kinda just understand you you walk you the ticket to entry is you already understand the cultural norms. Right. When watching a Korean film or anything, any film from another country, you have to kind of like quickly understand what those social constructs are for that culture, mm-hmm. and I think thought they did a good job at doing that. Is there Is there isn't a tremendous amount of animosity? that people seem to coexist okay. Mm-hmm. It was when the, it was when it came down to arguments, when it came down to emotional beats, mm-hmm. where that really came out between the strong man uh, and I forget. I, I, I'm terrible with the names. Yeah, yeah, but it was it played by yeah Ma, Ma Dong Sik. Yeah, yeah, and he was kind of more the working class. You know, he he made his impressions of the main character, who is much more you know well, white collar kind of. Yep. Uh, I don't know if he was more like a stockbroker,
0: fund manager. Yeah, yeah,
1: fund manager. That's right. And so there, there was that kind of animosity between them. But what I loved about how they handled it is it wasn't that there it was it wasn't the only thing that defined them. Right. And like even you at the beginning said he was um, the main character is more invested in his work than his family, but he's not only invested in, Yeah, he wasn't this kind of cookie cutter character that he's never thought about his family before. It actually pains him to see his daughter going through what she's going through. And, and, and ultimately he, he kind of gives in and and takes her on the trip that leads to the rest of the movie, but it was a part of their characters. It wasn't uh, like a, it it didn't dominate the film to me.
0: Yeah. they they play it very well. I, I agree. They play it very well. It's it's integral to the film because it helps move the action on nearly every beat. It's like, okay, we already have one obstacle well, two obstacles. We're on a train in closed space, there are zombies on the train, and then the film keeps throwing obstacles in there, but one of the key elements in there is how people treat each other because of their class or because of who they are and who is listened to who and and, and when they will accept advice or thoughts from that person. Let's keep that in mind as we start going through here. And we've already started talking about – and we're going to mess up these names. I'm sorry, folks. I'm, I'm even married to Korean, and I'm going to mess yeah. up these names. I'm sorry. Suk Woo, who is played by Gong Yu, This is the main character of the film, and this is the fund manager that we've talked about. And you're right. He starts off, he's really invested in his job, and there's something weird going on with his job. They're they're getting reports of a strike, there's some weird thing going on, so he's trying to deal with this, whatever happening in his his work, and he's also dealing with this family issue he's got. He's living, his mom is living at his home with him because he's recently divorced from his wife, and he's got this young daughter who she wants to go see her mom. Okay, well, we'll go up to see her mom. No, you can put me on the train by myself. No, I'm going to go with you. And So now we have the setting of the story. It's like, here's a father who wants to, who's taking his daughter up to see her mom because he's not home enough. He's feeling guilty about that. In the entire first ah, 10, 15 minutes of the film, you're dealing with this family drama. In the background, you keep seeing emergency vehicles you hear about this problem that's occurring at this other site that's affecting this fund manager there's all this other stuff that's kind of hinting at there's more to come there's more to come yeah the the cold open too yeah yeah yeah. the weird scene with the deer from hell as i call it um (laughs) but there's all this stuff that's just that's setting a level of dread for you but you have this character who you start off by kind of hating a bit because he's he's a schmuck for lack of a better term And he's not, you can see he's failed in a marriage. You can see he's failing with his daughter. He's missed her Recital. He's done a lot of things that's failed. But this is the main character of the story. And you feel like, well, I guess I've got to like him. I guess he's going to get better. How is he going to get better? So we do have the growth of the character throughout the film. What did you think about suk Wu? What did you think about him as the main character and the lead of the film?
1: he was just consistent in his in his intensity. You could you could see that regardless of his failings in personal life, he seemed pretty capable
0: mm-hmm.
1: at work. He seemed to command, you know, have a commanding presence there. And so, you know, he he was able to kind of take that. He was very level-headed as other when people around him were freaking out, he was able to for the most part stay, you know, kind of in command of his faculties. When he kind of brushed up against that that classism though, he's used to people following his orders. Mm-hmm. And so there are several places where people are like you know shut up. I'm not going to listen to you, right? Um, and that you could see that that rubbed him the wrong way. You know, and yeah, and, and and the you know, the end of his arc is just that 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 seeing and feeling that that pure love from his daughter, mm-hmm. seemingly for the first time, like really letting it in, and then his I don't I, I'm assuming these podcasts are all pure like spoilers. Oh, we spoil the yeah. heck out of it. Yeah. So
0: we'll tell you the ending. I mean, first of all, this is a zombie movie, so uh FYI, everybody dies. Um <laughs> <laughs> the question the question at the end of the zombie movie is who's who gonna lives? be left? Because yeah. there's not gonna be anybody left. There there may be one or two people left. Who's gonna be left at the end of the movie? And we'll go ahead and say right now, it's going to be Sukwoo's young daughter and then the pregnant lady who we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. That's it. That is It, folks, entire train, two people, not counting the unborn child. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My only thing I would say more about suk is that he is incredibly selfish. And it's very interesting that even though that's softened by the end of the film, I think what you said that, you know, his big character arc at the end when he's fighting (laughs) the bad guy in the film, which we'll also get to, um, where he's fighting the COO that they run into. He's still selfish because he's doing it to protect his daughter. He's also doing it to protect the pregnant lady as well, but he is still very selfish. That is one of his main motivations throughout the film. It is part of that class element as well. I am better than these other people. It's me and my daughter against the world. That's it. That's fine. He reluctantly takes help from other people. He reluctantly bands together with people, but he has to earn those steps. Mm -hmm. But a lot of his actions at the beginning are very, very, very selfish. There's the scene where the, the train comes to a station. And this is after the zombies have invaded the train. The, the, the zombies have, you know, they've, they've kind of cordoned them off. They stop at a station. There's nobody there. They hesitantly get out. And everybody's going following, basically following a line to where they think the military is. And a homeless guy, once again, <laughs> <laughs> there's a homeless guy that's in there who says, well, we're going to go this way. And, yeah, we're going to follow this homeless guy. We're not going to tell anybody else because it's us against the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because he's in contact with somebody in the military who's telling him. Right. Yeah. To to don't don't follow the crowd. You'll be quarantined. And when you're quarantined, bad things are going to happen. And what I loved about that, that stop, even though it was, I I don't know, I don't know where it is in the timeline of the movie, but in the, it's still very early in the relationships yes between the people on the train and so it's really the first time like how you know we we saw the the working class guy and the white collar guy you know kind of butting heads intellectually but when the chips are down and and people are actually fighting for their lives what's going to happen and so there's that scene where the the big guy (laughs) comes back through and and then punches and, and 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 rescues him just almost like as he's passing by like right,
0: right. Is, yeah and you're right that is the turning point of the movie because up until that point yeah people are banded together just because of proximity yeah but, but there still is very much a we don't know who you are we don't trust anybody that's pervasive but it's at that scene where all of a sudden they're at that the train station, they find out that the military has been turned and they're all running back to the train yeah. to get on to move it forward some more. That's where you start to see people standing up. You start to yeah. see, you know, what does the homeless guy do that everybody's been ignoring? What does he do? What is Let's talk about the tough man, Sang-hwa, played by Sang, Mang, yeah. Ma Dong-suk. Mm-hmm. He, he's blue collar. He's there with his pregnant wife, who is Song Sung-kyung played by Jung yumi mi mm-hmm. And he is, I mean, he's got something very precious to protect himself. Uh, and yet, he, at the same time, you see him constantly fighting and doing things, putting himself in danger to protect Brothers. more people.
1: Yeah. And, and having a pregnant wife, you think, out of all the characters, he would be the one that you would kind of give the pass to, yeah. in being the most selfish. Yep. Um, and, and he yeah, consistently goes beyond. And I was trying to, when you were asked, we're talking about Seok-woo, I was trying to like what what was his turning point? So when they're at the station, he was still very much like I'm going to get my daughter out of here. I mm-hmm. you know screw the rest of these people. Um, um and then they get back on. There's somewhere I think it's when they get separated. They band together with the the kid, mm-hmm. the, the the tough guy and and so- and song so- so- to to make their way through the train.
0: It, it, and, I think it starts maybe just right before it, that when yeah. they're actually still in the station because they have a moment where they where it looks like suk is gonna die and that's where Songwa comes in and just spears right through this, this zombie and like saves him and that's where he starts to say hey maybe I can't do this on my own yeah. maybe I need help and as they're leaving the station that's where that's where the movie really picks up I mean before then it's just like there's a zombie film what's gonna happen but the film places more obstacles in the way at this point yeah. and that's where you have basically there's three groups that are separated you have the majority of people that get into this one car that's pretty well isolated they've got the ceo yeah Yeah. they they got they got ceo they've got uh, one of the sisters they've got they got a lot of people in this one car that's that's pretty well protected on both sides they've got the zombies on at bay you've got a smaller group of people who have who are in a bad spot they're kind of in this they they end up in this locked little bathroom with zombies that are walking right outside the door in the train and then you have the three guys. There's a baseball team on here and there's uh, the baseball team gets annihilated except for our cheerleader and one guy. And this is the parasite connection. Yeah. It's young Guk, who played by Choi Woo Shik, who he's um the son in yeah, the parasite.
1: parasite. That's right. Yeah.
0: But he, he survives and you have the tough guy and you've got our main character and they are, they're in this own little train and, They've got to get from their train, which is number 12, to number 9, where uh, the guy's daughter, the the pregnant wife, and a few other people, they're in this little bathroom, and there's nothing but zombies in front of them, and it's a great scene where they all... uh, Bat. They wrap some stuff around their hands, and they just get ready. We're, we're going to fight our way through. Yeah,
1: there was that moment in the film where, like, if if there is one point in the film where I thought, you know, so obviously with these zombies, being caught unaware is probably the the, the worst position you can be in. Yep. Going in with a level of preparedness, you have more of a chance. So they, yes. You know, th- so their ability to fight through that was like, ooh, I don't know. We've seen these zombies just tear through throngs of people. But I think it was it was that purpose and intent and their 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 unity. It, it showed the the strength of them working together.
0: Yeah, and and that's part of it as well as you know what can we do? To, again, let's put aside classism and let's go ahead and, and work yeah. for the common good. Let's talk a little bit about the bad guy of the film because we mentioned him a couple times. But it's once again in this classism talk, we have Young Sook, who is the it says in the. Cast list that I've got here for uh, for Wikipedia. The COO of Stallion Express. Okay, but he's played by <laughs> yeah. Kim U Sung. He's an older gentleman, wears a nice suit, and he is one of those COOs that he commands respect. Mm-hmm. What he says goes, no matter what. I know well because I am, I, I am a higher class than you, and he believes in the classism, and he, you know, expects the respect. He looks at Suk Woo as oh, a subordinate who's also. About at my level. But Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he's he understands we we are the same type of people. And he looks down on everybody else. And he is the one who makes every bad decision in this film. (laughs) What did you think about that actor and that character?
1: Yeah, you know, the I mean the actor. You know, obviously, I've never seen him really before. That, as far as I know, and you know, he played this that. You don't want to say like the the trope of the corporate stooge, who you know his his best interests are are for the company, for the for the reputation of the company that he that he's um, you know leading. And then you know, and, and w- what was amazing about him is you know you talk about on one hand you have the three guys that are putting their classism aside uniting together to, to save the people that they love. And then you've got this kind of demagogue in a car who creates a new, fo- new class. Mm-hmm. We are the class of this car. Regardless of who you are in this car, you are now more important than anybody else trying to get in or to, trying to get through. Right. And so his ability to quickly do that through his position, through his, you know, his, the hold that he held had on, um, you know, his subordinates that were in that car to kind of keep the people at bay. And you could see the people's, the people that were in that car, their, their mindset shift to like, oh yeah, this is, you know, we, we are, we are precious and Mm -hmm. we can't, we can't look out for the, for the good of the people outside of this car. Right. And, And he, he led that. And that, that was like his, the most evil moment Maybe I don't know. I just didn't look forward again in
0: the movie, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty. It's pretty much it's pretty it. Pretty Be- yeah, yeah, because he and he he did that throughout. There is very few times where you see him not push somebody else in front of him. Yeah, uh, so that they get eaten by a zombie and he gets saved. He doesn't care if you're a child, a woman, elderly, young. If you are in his way, you are not worthy. Yeah. And it's once again to his detriment. He'd rather surround himself with people who agree with him than with people who could help solve the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got the th- the three guys make it up to the car. They were able to s- figure out a couple things. They were able to figure out that, oh, if it gets dark, they can't see you. OK, that's good to know. They also get up to the car. They they're able to uh, save that small group that are in the, they're in the bathroom together and they go up to this safe car and they're asking to be let in and the CEO does not let them in because no, you could be infected. And it's like, well, how about this? Just let them in, let them in because they're going to break in the door and then you're going to lose the support. Yeah. If you just let them in and you band with them, they have made it this far. You can figure out if they're infected or not and deal with that situation, but let them in. And once again, it goes badly for them.
1: And you hit on it, too, with, with it. That, that's how he poisoned the minds of the people in that car. And, and I thought in that moment, okay, when this movie came out, in, was it 2016? Yes, 2016. Yeah. I thought, you know, of course, how prescient. Because watching it now in the middle of the pandemic, you yeah. see those fears being preyed on constantly. And he was able to do that in kind of this microcosm in the train in that train car yeah. of, oh, we can't trust them. They might be infected. Even though there's no proof, there's no, you know, there's no precedent. Of course, at the same time, if I'm in that car, I'm and it was it and it it kind of tasks you as an audience member, how would I react if I were in that car and these people were trying to get in? I don't know about disinfection. i don't know about i don't i certainly don't want to become one of those zombies
0: what's fascinating is that they, they have protected the car in front of them and, and they know that, that that they're fine in the car in front of them that there's kind of an anti-room that that's up there if you let these people in and just and do what they actually do when they they finally bust in is you just send them to them this yeah. send this through this other car you've still solved the problem yeah you have effectively like okay Come on in. We're not going to endanger this doorway. We're not going to, you know, you aren't going to have to break through. We're going to let you in, but we're going to put you over there, at least until we're sure. Once again, it's a logical thinking. How much can they logically think? They, they yeah. probably can't. And it doesn't help that you have somebody else who is thinking more with emotion and thinking more with classes. So, I yeah. am right. And therefore, I and therefore yeah.
1: everybody else is wrong. And he knows that this is the key to getting these people on my side and keeping those people out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and it fails, and it fails, and it fails, and it fails. Yeah, it fails. yeah to, to wrap up that scene, they, they, they yeah. bust in. The tough guy sacrifices himself. He gets bit, and he's like, okay, you know what? You go through. I'm going to turn. As I turn, I'm going to fight as many of these as possible. Yeah. Go through. And so, you know, he's, it, it's a very touching moment when he sacrifices himself.
1: And you talk about the arc of the main character, too. That That's the point where he is fully committed, then, to being more selfless yeah. Like he's, yeah
0: yeah he also he also basically is told he's like you know my wife has been protecting your daughter I am now asking you to protect my wife yeah you this is what you must do and he's like yeah I have to you <laughs> yeah. know, it's, it's a blood debt literally so yeah, very powerful stuff right there and let's get This is a zombie movie. This is an action zombie movie. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, horror movie, horror movie. Mm -hmm. This has a lot of layers in it. And I think the fact that you have something as, in a silly sense, I'm going to say as simple as a zombie movie, that's just the thing that moves the plot forward. But you can add in these elements of social commentary to it that works very, very well in this setting. and I think that the director and the actors do a great job of really selling it with the fear and terror of this massive zombie. Attack.
1: Yeah, they, you know I, I think I, I told you I think before we started recording that I, I kind of wrote down a, a little cheat sheet of mm-hmm. um, of my impressions before the film, you know so and I, and I said you know before we started recording that I, I didn't watch any trailers. I didn't read any reviews. I, w- I wrote down, I said, is it? Is it just like Snowpiercer with zombies? Is it... Uh, I didn't know the level of effects. And the level of effects mm-hmm. is pretty darn competent. And, you know, there are a couple moments where things get a little swimmy, but, you know, it was it going to be a comedic horror? Is it like satire? Is it going to be campy? And and then I, I wrote, you know, is it going to be a... Because it's like you said, it's a, it's a zombie film, so they're going to introduce a cast of characters and one by one, pick them off. And you know, so I figured that that was going to be, but in this one, what, when you get to that moment where the, the tough guy is sacrificing himself, the level of emotion that you feel like that that's unique to me mm-hmm. like that. I gave a damn about these people. Yeah. Point.
0: Yeah. And that's a big thing is, you know, in films like this, you're going to be losing people. And, and that's mm-hmm. one of the, that's one of the things that, you, you look for, and I think that's one of the things that worked well with Walking Dead. I was not a big Walking Dead fan, but I know that you, you like these characters. How long are they going to be around? They're living in a world that's very, very dangerous. How much are you going to invest in these characters? Well, you find that you do invest pretty heavily in them. Yeah. Even the main character who you don't like that much, and you have to really work to like him. You find that you like him a lot at the end mm-hmm. the one character i think that you don't have any problem with liking the moment he comes on he's you like him instantly and that's the tough guy that's Songhua. Yeah. i think they do a great job of showing that he is fun he's entertaining he's a little silly and yet there's you know a l- huggable bear quality yeah, to and you him. want him
1: on your team yeah. yes very much yeah. so
0: yeah Let's talk a little bit about those special effects because you've got zombies, you've got people in makeup. but you have some very interesting scenes that that go on through the film. Was there any that really stuck out to you?
1: Yeah, it was one of the ones where I, that I would want to see the behind the scenes the most were the the movement of the zombies, not the not the big crowds because I thought that that got to where it was a little muddy and felt like again, I hadn't seen World War Z, but I saw the mm. trailer so i felt like i saw world war z <laughs> you know in a way yeah. and that's probably not a fair assessment but you know that the trailers there showed the hordes of zombies climbing up structures and climbing yeah. over each other like ants and so some of that vocabulary was in this one visual vocabulary and i thought okay that's that's interesting but the the more the creepy kind of transformation as they were turning when somebody was already like broken and was coming back to life, that type of movement was, you know, know, how much of it was contortionism, how much of it was, you know, fake bodies or just Mm -hmm. digitally composed, like that, that stuff was really visually interesting and creepy as heck.
0: Yes. Yes. I rewatched this film for the show at midnight and that was a choice that I made. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So it's fresh. About two o'clock in the morning. I was like, ah, well, that was that was not a good choice i have to somehow go upstairs and no, i don't know what's, what's in the that? dark <laughs> hear the creaking noises um yeah no i you're very effective very very effective especially when you see the first zombie uh, the first zombie comes when they get on the in the train at the first station the last person on is this one lady and she comes running on and she runs by the ticket taker and she locks herself in a bathroom and she was bitten and she's bleeding. And when she comes out, she changes. And it is creepy and it is freaky. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's that bridge away from humanity that they begin to make these inhuman movements. Mm-hmm. And and when you talked earlier about, you know, any zo- any zombie film is gonna be a film about survival. Yeah. But then there's also that's this subtext of of what it means to be human. Yes. And, and in, that, in this case, it's like any time where those zombies appear inhuman, it's done so effectively because it, it, that's where it's unsettling to us because it's like, and then you think most good zombie films or games that I've seen, there's always that question of, is the person still in there at all? Is that, is their brain, is their conscious mind buried in there somewhere? Are they aware of their actions or are they just completely gone? Are they right. essentially dead?
0: And most zombie films, they pretty much put an underline under that by saying, "Nah, they're they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. There's there's nothing there. It's just it, it's a face. Yeah. That's all that's there. Yeah. or is that the hope of the survivors? <laughs> yeah. Because
1: because the to, I don't know where the quote comes from, but to think otherwise is uh, unthinkable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they go through that too. You you I think it's a great way of looking at it by saying by questioning humanity because once again we go back to class on this. Yeah. How human are you if you believe in this class structure? Are you no better than a zombie by saying, you know, we're going to follow the orders of somebody blindly. We are going to I am going to make commands and you're all going to follow me. I mean, it's it's there's question of humanity of everybody in this film, except for the people that help other yeah. people. That's what we want humanity to be. And I think it does very well at that. I was just going to mention one other uh, special effects scene and kind of, you mentioned a little bit of the ants crawling over themselves. It's when they're on the final train they've left the main train. The engineer has started this other, just, just an engine and he's got it going. (laughs) The main character, his daughter and the pregnant lady, they're running for this train. Uh, The COO who has thrown every single person who has helped him under the bus or under the train in this, in this circumstance has finally gotten bitten but he makes it onto this last train too and so he's changing you got like everybody on here the engineer has changed and he's been thrown off but you have this great scene where you see the zombies come and they start grabbing onto the back of the train and they're grabbing onto the back of each other and you have two or three zombies holding onto the train and you have this mob of zombies like a cape yeah flowing out yeah, behind the train carpet. yeah like the cape of, yeah <laughs> and, and and they're all trying to hold on and you have you have the the last characters. They're just they're trying to knock off these two or three, yeah. and when they finally do, like they all fall off the back. But it's just this horrific scene of just this mob of zombies that are all holding on to each other, trying to get to these humans.
1: Yeah. Enough to stress the engine of, yes. of a locomotive. <laughs> yeah,
0: just. Yeah. Whew. But yeah, yeah, we have the final scene where it's it's yeah. the the turning CEO who's battling, and he's battling for his own humanity. He's he doesn't want to die. Yeah. He's crying for his mommy at the end that he doesn't want to die. But he's turning, and he's having a fight with Art uh, with uh, Sukwoo, and Sukwoo. You know, he has to be sacrificed. I I, I mm-hmm. kind of eh, on the end of that one. Fine, he he gets bit too. He's like, I'm gonna sacrifice myself. He chooses. to. Right to fall off the back of the train. And, tells, and you're a
1: father and you know, you know, that, you yeah, know, yeah. that's the, the, at that point you switch over to parenthood and, and think yeah. oh, that's the, what a, that's the most horrible thing for that, that little girl to witness. Yeah. And, um, she
0: has to watch her father, yeah. like basically commit suicide because he doesn't want to, yeah. doesn't want to, he knows what he's going to become and he doesn't want to endanger her. So he makes the choice of jumping off the train.
1: But the moment with the COO, I felt like it, it really served two good purposes in that like, earlier when when the zombies attacked the car that had banished our heroes mm-hmm. you know they're in movies like this you, you know it's that audience that rush of comeuppance yeah that the audience love is that cathartic schadenfreude kind of like yeah you were you did bad things so you get to be punished and we get to revel in watching it COO makes it out of there yeah. and so and then it kind of turns like oh well those he was the one that really should have received that comeuppance. Yep. And he led those people to their, like, like sheep to the slaughter. And then at the end, you think, ah, he's finally bit. Now here's the comeuppance. And they turn it again and give him that moment of of sublime humanity. Yeah. Where he's, like you said, he's calling for his mother. And you're like, ah, damn it. Now you're making me <laughs> he actually feel sympathy for this schmuck. I-
0: I never felt sympathy for him. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. It's too little too late. I, <laughs> you, you you, you, had a chance for sympathy yeah. way, uh, miles and miles ago. <laughs> you now now you're hard. calling from your mommy. I, I'm laughing at you. I'm like, it's... You're gonna cry. You're gonna yeah, cry. You cry, cry, yeah, you cry.
1: <laughs> but the second thing I thought that did was it, it sets up maybe an example of what that turning can be like. Yeah. I don't think it's like that for everybody, but it said it, it gave the audience and maybe even the little girl kind of a it, you feel like this moment of there's a there is a moment of peace maybe. Yeah. That the that the our main character maybe uh, felt that as he was making that choice to to fall off the train was. Yeah, soften the blow a little bit. Just just a
0: little bit. Just a little. Well, as as we and our last two remaining characters walk through a dark, dark tunnel towards the South Korean military who has successfully blockaded this area and has kept the zombies out, and they let our final two heroes into this into the safe zone. Let's wander into our own safe zone. I can butcher a, a segue anytime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you. What did you think about this film? What is your final opinion of this film? If you were to rate this using full bags of popcorn that no zombie has touched, how many full bags of popcorn would you give it one to five, one being bad, five being the best.
1: I I think I would give it a five and I can break that down by genre. I can break that down by, but I, I think it was a surprising film. I thought it was, I thought the performances were off the chart. We didn't really talk at all about that little girl, but Holy cow. I mean, she, every moment she's on screen, you can't take your eyes off of her and she delivers again and again and again. These layers that we've talked about, the 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 the, 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 the action is on point, the the moments of, of pause are good. So it, just overall it was a it was a thrilling
0: ride, it was a great zombie picture, and then it had a lot more to say than just being a, a horror film. Yeah, that was Su on, played by Kim Su on. She did an amazing job, and, and we also didn't talk enough about jung Yu Mi, who played Sung. Kion, woman. who yeah. was that was that was the tough guy's wife who was pregnant yeah. they both did a wonderful job and, and you're right we did not talk enough about them we just kind of ran allowed up a little bit of time talking yeah. about a lot of the other cool fight zombie things but yeah I I would agree with you I think that this is a five-star film it's it's a bit of a surprise too I know this film is not for everybody I know there are people my daughter included zombies are not their thing I she's not yeah. going to be able to hear this episode horror films zombie films a little creepy it's very scary there's a lot of good jump scares but if you can accept that if you can get by that if you can watch this movie with all the lights on and just power through it i think you're going to see some amazing commentary on class and and humanity and everything we touched about on here i think i think yeah
1: this is a solid solid film there was It was funny because we had just watched Pulp Fiction a few weeks ago, and I made the, you know, and I've seen, it's one of those films you've seen a million times, and I know every frame of it, and, but I remember the first time I saw it, I remember seeing the Bruce Willis, when he's putting on his white t-shirt after he finds out that his wife, or this, that his girlfriend left the, well, the watch, and he changes clothes, he puts on this this crisp white t-shirt, and this jacket that's kind of out, outdated now, but I remember back in the day, I thought, Oh my God, every guy wants to be Bruce Willis in this scene because he just, who can wear a white t-shirt like as good as that? Yeah. But then this time watching, I, I made that note and then I thought, oh, They did that on purpose because they give him this pristine white shirt. But but, So by the end, you can see just how messed up he is because that shirt is just soaked with blood and gore and blah. Just seen Pulp Fiction made that observation. And so at the beginning of this film, it shows him getting his white shirt out. Everything is impeccable. Just glowing white crisp dress shirt that the main character wears.
0: And at the end, it's all blood and dirt and grime. And yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Before we go and get on a train going somewhere, (laughs) uh, is there anything you would like to plug? Do you have any new work that's coming out right now? Because you are an author.
1: I am an author. Yeah, I'm currently working on the second book of my series, uh, the Dark Matter Spectrum. The first book, Yellowstone: The Bears of Caldera, came out last year. Well, now I, have, I guess I have to say two years ago now, because it was uh, yeah, and that's available on Amazon and paperback and also uh, for Kindle. You can find me on Twitter at Yellowstone underscore BOC for Bears of Caldera. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook too, but. Yeah, so currently writing the second book. And actually I've been taking a break from the I I have a creative day job. So sometimes at night I did. I have just been marvelling out over the last since WandaVision has come out. Uh-huh. There's something something especially that last episode which I call the Avengers Assemble for side characters. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Since the last episode in the last week I have pretty much watched pretty much watched every film in the MCU over again. Yeah, first I did this kind of WandaVision binge of Age of Ultron through Endgame. And then that branched off to well, I want to watch Ant Man again. Oh, I wanna I want check out Doctor Strange again. Oh, I wanna check. And so by the end of it, I've watched, you know, almost I think like eighteen of the twenty-three films. So it's so that that's been my my
0: week. Yeah. You're gonna to need to start your own podcast talking about all of those. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Well, you can find me on Twitter at mmuckabout or on my other podcast, Unpacking the Power of Powerpack, which I host with my Babo Jambi, Jeff. And that's Korean for idiot zombie. (laughs) If you would like to be on the show, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at jeffnrickpresentalloneword at gmail.com. Big thank you to Longbox Crusade Network for letting me use this wonderful attic of their headquarters. I've boarded up the windows, kept all the zombies out. It's wonderful. And I'd like to thank their sponsor, Omaha Bound. They still are on their one-year hiatus, but keep checking back with them. They do bindings, so you can take all of your favorite zombie comics, put them into a nice hardbound book. Oh, it look Really nice and creepy. Very also, cool. I'd like to thank the Longbox Crusade members who helped support this network. If you would like to support the network, head on over to Patreon and search for Longbox Crusade. That's all the time we have for this week. Come back next week. We'll have another movie. Grab some popcorn. Pull up a seat. We'll be back. The music for this episode is Fall Back by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at JoeSeflin99. That's J O S E flin 9